Hi, my name is Michaela Rose, and this is my first podcast, and I really don't know where this is leading, um, except that I believe this is what Jesus wants me to do, or I don't know. (laughs) I've never done anything like this before, um, and I don't really have anything for you guys except to share what God has done in my heart and what has what he has done to change my life I guess um I really don't know where this is headed I just I don't know (laughs) so I hope you can just listen and um stay tuned to see what's going on in my life and I'm gonna treat this like a journey I believe a spiritual journey in my relationship with Jesus with God um right now um as of like three weeks ago about a month ago I moved to Georgia moved in with my mom and dad again and I'm 27 years old and I'm gonna get into my story um my testimony what God's done in my life and It's a long story. I'm not going to, I'm going to warn you and it's rough. It really is. And I'm not going to share all the details for my own sake, but um, just to give you a little bit of encouragement, you know, if, if you're listening to this and you feel like the age that you're at or whatever circumstances you're at, no matter if you're my age, 27, or you're younger than me, or you're much older than me or in between, um, just to get encouragement, not by any means what I'm, because of me, but because of who Jesus is and what he has done to cure my sin and to cure the things that I have, all my sinful, um, motives or whatever I'm, I struggle with. And, um, uh, maybe in the future we will get deeper into those and I have no idea where this is going. I really don't. So, Anyways, that's not probably the best intro, but anyways, again, my name is Michaela Rose. I'm 27 years old. I live in Georgia, just moved from Chicago, um, Illinois, and um, I didn't, at first when I moved here, I was really having a heart struggle, even though I knew it was what Jesus God wanted, and I knew um, that I wanted to obey him by doing that. And I got out of a five-year relationship with somebody who I thought I would be with for the rest of my life. And it still is painful for me to look back and not being with that person who I used to live in an ungodly relationship. Um, anyways, I'm going to use this time, this first episode, to share with you what God has done in my life. So... Um, I've never really, this is the first time I'm actually able to, like, lay it out in my head and, um, to other people, so just give me some grace, please, and, um, so I guess a little background is that, um, first of all, I was born in 1996, February 12th, and it's a crazy story, um, for time's sake, I will just give a little bit of it, but my mom and dad, Joel and Susan Rose, were 
um, they couldn't have children, so they adopted a boy first in um, 1989, which was my brother Brock. And then they adopted me when in 1996 when I was born. And it was a very unique birth, I was told, and um, because I was literally able to go right from the hospital to their house. So I didn't have to go into foster care. Um, the adoption process didn't happen until a year later, but I was still to be able to go right home with them, So, um, which was a huge blessing, I believe. And um, uh, so they adopted me right away. And so I was born pretty much into a Christian family. And, um, and my dad's a pastor, so I grew up in Iowa. That's where I was born and raised till I was about six years old. And from then we moved to Chicago when I was six and I, we lived, my dad pastored a church there, um, in Chicago for about 10, 11 years. And then when I was about 16, I think we moved from there to Milwaukee, moved in with my grandma <laughs> and that was for, until I graduated from high school, which happened in 2014. Then after that, we moved to Door County, Wisconsin, and I um, didn't know exactly where I wanted to go to college. Um, high school was a little difficult for me, um, and so I didn't know if I wanted to go to college or what to do. So I took a year gap first before I went to college and moved, lived with my parents up in Door County, Wisconsin, and they pastored a church up there. Um... And then I, during that period of time from 2014, no, I would say 2015, because I started going to college at Moody Bible Institute between like the end of 2015, and I didn't even last the whole semester. Um, my heart wasn't right with Jesus at all, um, but um, that's going to be part of my whole testimony, but just giving you a layout of the time period. Um, so yeah, I, between like 2016 till now, pretty much I've been going back and forth from, to my parents' house, wherever they were living at to Chicago. Um, not that Chicago is an evil place, but, um, it's a beautiful place. It's just my heart, you know, was not good. And, but yeah, so and now, my parents live here in Georgia. They moved here about three years ago, I think. Um, and have been working at a, like, min, um, like a non-profit ministry. And now he's a past. My dad's a pastor here in Georgia. So, yeah, that's the outline <laughs> of how that all happened. But, um, but, yeah, so I grew up in a Christian family. Um, my mom and dad love the Lord so much and have dedicated their lives to, um, preach the gospel and to share his love to non-believers and believers. And, um, and so I grew up with that and, which is amazing. Ever since I was a kid, I remember my mom reading me books about Jesus and reminding me about God all every day, prayer every day, worship every day. All we listen to is Christian music, you know, and, um, you know, compared to the life I probably would have lived before I was, if I wasn't adopted, 
definitely God really uh, blessed me and also my parents would say they blessed he blessed them too <laughs> um but now to get more real um I've always felt this feeling of like not belonging um I don't know if it was because of moving so much but when we moved from Iowa to Chicago and I know God had a he has a plan with everything so it's not my parents fault at all they were just following what the Lord gave them and so they obeyed God by doing what they did and so but for me I just had this heart struggle pretty much my whole life and um what happened is that eventually when I became a certain age, I think 10 or something, I was pretty much exposed to pornography and that became a huge, huge bondage in my life. And I, it's something that I still deal with now and it haunts my mind. And it would, it wouldn't, it didn't become such a big thing right away, but um, it started that curiosity and nobody knew about it, what was going on in my life, my secret life and just, um, you know, uh, which what comes with other things, you know, masturbation and things that, um, the Bible does warn us against and, um, I don't know what everybody's views are on that, but from my personal life. I have seen the downfall and the, like, the hurt that it's created in my life and in my own family's life and how Satan has used that to really just make things worse. And ultimately, it was my choice to choose to keep doing those things. But um, later down the line, after many years of actually, like, already starting at 10 years old, my mind was corrupted and with these images that's really started to like now looking back it started really hurting me like my even in school even cleaning my room like little things it just started making my mind where I couldn't like stay focused on things and or and I would feel dirty like for and no like not like anybody ever knew what I was watching. So it was the the lies of Satan and me feeling dirty and not wanting to tell anybody what I dealt with, what I was dealing with. And, um, and I did become a Christian when I was about 12 years old. Um, I did say I, was, I became saved at like seven, but I really didn't have the actual knowledge of like, yes, I'm a sinner. I need Jesus in my heart. And I gave my life to Jesus when I was 12, um, but I still had this, like, deep, dark secret of mine that made me do other things that were, uh, very painful for Jesus, for God, and, um, and I remember my, you know, parents found out eventually what I was doing, and it was very painful for them, and during that time period, 
not women weren't known for watching porn back then it was mostly a man thing and a boy thing so like when people found would find out a woman watching it i don't think it was probably taking care of it as like the church in itself wouldn't take care of it as the way that they should have but i think it's just because of the ignorance of it you know they didn't didn't know and um and so i do give grace in that and um and and i think the reason why anyways god has used that in my life for now looking back like how i can help other girls that are feeling the way they feel i know how it feels to be that way um to feel like you're dirty and i didn't even do anything sexual with a boy yet but when in my teenage years i just just i felt dirty just watching porn and it just it became such a huge issue in my life and um i started um my first time it then it turned into me sending photos to boys and uh, the first time it happened i was 14 years old and um I remember the first time I did that, it just, I was shaking. And God being God, I didn't delete anything. I, I didn't delete anything. And my mom found out and she was very angry, as should any mom be. And um, at that time, I mean, she, she was just, you know, it, it was surprising to her. And I could only imagine me being the age I am at now and finding my daughter doing that, how I would feel and um uh so that became a huge stumbling block for me where i would start like once i got my first ipod or uh, even tablet i would figure out ways to get online onto the internet my parents didn't even know they had no idea it was a kindle and i would find out i figured out a way to get online and I started like online chatting with random people and which a lot of kids do nowadays and especially now. And I was doing this 15 years ago pretty much and maybe not that but yeah like 15 years ago and I just started getting into deeper and deeper darker things on the web and I just lost myself but and it would be super annoying because I'd have these times of like where I'd find freedom in Jesus, but I would still have that curiosity that like, you know, um, curiosity of these dark things that I felt like drawn to, like I couldn't even say no to sometimes. And I would ask Jesus to forgive me and I knew it was sin. I didn't want to do this. And then every time I would end up doing something again, like watching porn again or doing something that I knew was sin, I would feel hopeless. I would feel ashamed and I wouldn't want to talk to Jesus. I wouldn't even want to go to church, but, you know, I lived with my parents, so I'd have to go to church. So then it came where, okay, so I have to hide it from people. So, like, this hypocrisy from myself came out and where people even in the church would have no idea. They would think I was this perfect person. Not per not that they really did, but in my head, like, you know, treated like this little angel. And I know that's not true and I'm not trying to hurt 
anybody's feelings, but in my head, you know, I felt like I had to put on this facade and this fake, like, mask to show that I'm a good person. And I knew that I couldn't get to heaven, but only through Jesus because he died on the cross for my sins. I knew this. And I do believe I gave my life to Jesus when I was younger and I've always had love for him. But I was dealing with this sin for a long time. And my mom told me one time, she said, you know, what you're doing now is going to affect not only your relationship with Jesus, but it's going to affect your relationship with your family. It's going to affect your your relationship with your future husband or in any relationship for that matter. And it'll affect your way of like looking at life. And I said, no, I would never do this when I'm older, <laughs> not knowing. And so I had periods, time periods, like when I, we moved to um, Wisconsin, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, we went to a church called Epicos and God really used that period in my life where I still was struggling with certain things, but I wasn't doing it as much because I was really focusing on the love of Jesus and focusing on the gospel because of the youth group I was involved with. And the, the people there were really, God used them in my life at that period of time to help speak truth in my life. And I, that was like the first time in my life where I came clean about what I was doing besides my mom and dad, you know, and like, um, these women really spoke into my life and it was an amazing community of believers of an older woman who can speak to me and um, um, lead me to Jesus. Pretty and the um, that was amazing. And then, um, but I still had these secret agendas in my head. Like as much as I would try to move away from them, they would always still be there. Like that temptation, just always there. And. Once I graduated from high school, we moved to Door County, Wisconsin, and I just, anyways, to speed up this a little bit, I got, kept on getting myself into trouble, um, or doing things low-key and uh, just getting in trouble and making other people stumble. Now looking back, like the, I, I would say I love Jesus, but then I was doing these horrible things. Um, I mean, Yeah. But I guess, okay, so pretty much when I went to, when I was like, it was 2015 and I started doing online classes for college and I kind of had a direction in my life, I felt like where God was leading me. And I then decided to go visit my friend in Chicago, girl, my friend Mia. And um, I was like, oh, maybe I could go to Moody Bible Institute. And um, so I got accepted in and um, that's a whole nother story. <laughs> a lot happened there. I started partying even though I signed a waiver saying I wasn't and would stay out all night just, you know, just smoking weed and um, drinking, going to parties, 
going to studios like rap studios and stuff like that and hanging out with the wrong crowd for real like um getting myself into an ungodly relationship immediately like um just you know and then um I lost myself completely and I think that was one of the hardest situations in my life um where God really showed himself in protecting me because I should have been dead through those circumstances but God Jesus really protected me uh looking back now and um so I ended up getting kicked out of college there um I didn't even finish the semester I mean uh, man um but Praise Jesus, because he has forgiven me from those things, and those, my past has been forgiven, and I don't focus on that, but it is good to remind myself where I used to be, so I can see how awesome and powerful Jesus is, and if he can save me, he could definitely save you, like, <laughs> let me tell you, like, there's no... There's nothing too bad for Jesus. He will forgive you. And um, that those are lies from the enemy telling you that you're not good enough. Like, obviously, we're not good enough. That's why Jesus died on the cross for our sins. Like, <laughs> that's why he's there. That's why Jesus came to this world to, to set us free from our bondage so that we could live with him for eternity, to be set free, like, from bondage and even if you do mess up and you feel horrible again, and that's what would happen. I would do be doing so well and be like, thank you, Jesus, for everything. And then I mess up. And instead of going and telling somebody I messed up, I would like be so mad at myself and be like, I am so tired of trying to do what's good, Lord. I'm trying so hard, but then the temptation comes and then I can't say no. What am I supposed to do? Like, and I would go back and forth of like, I would rely on Jesus and then I would stumble and then I would fall and I wouldn't get back up again. I wouldn't look up to Jesus in those moments or I wouldn't, I would exclude myself from people and become really like in the dark and just want to hide from people. And, um, and then in that darkness, I would get deeper and deeper and dig myself right back into that pit where Jesus just saved me from. And it's just really interesting looking back and seeing those moments. And anyways, so I moved back home with my parents and where they really, my mom and dad really tried their best to um, help, like, support me and get, gave me some biblical counseling and, uh, and it helped for some time, but it was just still, I don't know how to explain it, but I just got myself, I went, ended up going to, um, a YWAM youth with the mission, a DTS disciple training school, which really God really used in my heart and, and had like really changed a lot, like my view on things. Um, like just seeing the world outside of America pretty much and, um, made my, like 
my love for missions bigger and to spread the gospel and to help others. And um, that lasted about six months. And by the time I got home, I was on fire for the Lord. I, I was so excited. And even the people that were there at the YWAM in St. Croix, they even said, like, when you first got here, there was a certain darkness over you that we could see. But now that you're going home, it just seems like, you know, God's done a lot. But you have to keep on hold fast to Jesus. Like, keep holding on to him. You cannot let go because I am so weak. I'm such a weak person. But with Jesus, he's the one that keeps me strong. And that's... I was so strong when I went home. I was so excited to bring what I learned back home to my mom and dad and my church. And I was so excited to see what Jesus was going to do in my life. And then I decided to go visit my friend in Chicago. And and she's a great person, you know, and I know she didn't mean this. But I ended up, like, that just was a huge turning point, like, where I would I thought I was strong enough where I could go to like do these I you know thinking I can be strong enough and I wasn't focusing on Jesus enough where at all I just kept on focusing on oh I'm good I'm good you know I could do it on my own which I couldn't and so just in and out of relationships I was in and out of relationships um for a couple years moved to Chicago ended up dating a gangbanger in Chicago, I was with him for a couple months, like for half a year, not too long. He ended up being arrested and put in jail, and I was put in some very tough situations where God, again, protected me from, and things could have gone real sideways, real sideways again, and um, I probably wouldn't be here today, and, and then um, I met my ex-boyfriend that I was just with for five years and um, it's crazy to think about it but I do believe God did use him in a period of my life because I was really on the edge not like I was going to kill myself but I was on the edge of no return and God has weird ways of doing things but he knows the full pip the biggest big picture and um, but, you know, um, yeah, it was interesting being with somebody that long, five years, it was not a godly relationship at all, um, we were living together, doing, um, certain things, like smoking, drinking all the time, every day. Um, it became to a point where we were doing other things, you know, illegal things, and, um, I just, in the back of my mind, I would always be thinking about Jesus and thinking about, okay, if I die today, where am I going to go? And I knew, like, deep down inside, I knew I gave my life to Jesus. I knew I believed in him. I knew I loved God. But now I was in this relationship that I so longed to, I wanted this to work out where 
my parents approved of him and we would be together and I wanted him to become a Christian so we could get married and you know have that happily ever after story and because I really did love him and um it was on and off we weren't together for the whole five years but because I would something would happen and um like COVID happened and just a lot of things would happen which would scare me into like oh like you know Jesus is coming home soon he's gonna be here soon and I need to like I would feel really convicted and really scared about like about what was gonna happen like the end times like um and I knew there was just I just had that feeling like there's more to life than what I'm doing right now like you know and but I wanted to stay with my boyfriend at the time too I didn't want to leave him and because I had that thought in my head like oh I leave him and what if he doesn't become saved and now he goes to hell and it's just and I would have all these crazy dreams just crazy crazy dreams of um like of pointing me back like uh dreams about hell dreams about like and I believe it was really God trying to get a hold of me I even did LSD before um and I know it sounds stupid, but I did LSD before, and um, when I did that, I had a period where I thought I was in hell, and the end times happened, and it was one of the scariest moments of my life, because it was like a dream, but it was real life, and um, it was very, very scary, and I do not recommend people to do that, obviously. I don't think that is, um, it wasn't good of me to do that, and, um, but God was really trying to get a heart, hold of my heart and bring me back because um, he is our, the, our shepherd and I was a lost sheep and he came and found me. He left the 100 to come find me again and again because I just kept on running away from what I already knew and what I already, like, yeah, what I already knew. But, um, yeah, so... I find so long story short, you know, I this last this I've been coming home, leaving my ex boyfriend to come back to him, going back and forth and you know, something that's been really on my heart is how much that like pain ha I've been going through. I've put myself through and I didn't have to do any of this, but I chose to go the hard route because of my my um because of just being a sinful person and being uh, not wanting to take responsibility for my actions or for whatever reason and um and also thinking about how much pain I've put my family through and um yeah <laughs> I'm still growing. There's still a lot of painful things I have that happened to me this the, in the past 10 years that I, God is still working on my heart. But I don't know, something, I think I've kind of lived it all. You know, I've done it all. I've done everything that I thought I would never do in my lifetime, but I did it all pretty much in... It never made me feel better. Maybe at the moment, 
it made me feel good to do those sinful things. But like now where I'm located at with in my relationship with Jesus, I don't want to do anything. I don't want to do anything to hurt him ever again. Like I know we're we're people, so we're going to we're not perfect, but I do know that Jesus has saved me from my past completely and this song that popped up is just amazing because like ever since I got home from Chicago I moved back here to Georgia I've been listening to just trying to like meditate on God's word more and more every day to help purify my mind and my soul and just have everything all my thoughts always on Jesus because he's the only one who can heal me from my past and keep me on the right road on the narrow road to him and I like I always think about Mary Magdalene and like when she when he saved her and cast out those demons in her she could not keep her eyes off of him and she just wanted to always hold on to him like just keep her eyes on him because he saved her and that's how I want to be. I want to be like Paul. I want to be like Mary Magdalene. I want to be like everybody in the Bible. But like, <laughs> I'm his servant. Jesus' servant. I know I'm not saying these words correctly, maybe. But I'm just going based off of how I feel in my heart. And I'm not always the best at speaking my mind. Because I don't know if I'm my thought process is you understand what I'm trying to say, but, um, I just hope that this is some type of way to help convict you if you're in a place in your life right now of where you do know who Jesus is and you believe you gave your heart to him, but you keep running away from him and you keep on, like, choosing to do what you want to do. And you say, oh, I have time. I'll have time to come back to him. You know how much, like, yes, Jesus is grace. Such, so he has so much grace. But you don't have a lot of time. You don't know if you can die tomorrow. The fact that he has so much grace that he protected me in all the circumstances where I could have died multiple ways is mind-boggling because then I if that would have happened it does scare me like what even though I believe I did give my life to him when I was younger I'm not my relationship with Jesus wasn't like this now and I don't even want to think about it it's a scary thought not knowing what could have happened to you when you die and it's not even about that it's about just living your life to the glory of Jesus, to the glory of God, and thanking him so much for everything. And, but yeah, or if you feel like you're not good enough, there's it still goes so deep, and I don't even know all the words. Or, um, And I'm sorry I haven't like really put any Bible verse in here yet. <laughs> this is just about like what God's done in my life. And um, I don't really know, like I said, what, where this is going. I just wanted to share a little bit of my story. And I'm sorry if it was a little too deep or too much information for some people. But 
I guess if I wanted to end on something I would like to end on we'll pray at the end but Jesus called my name and he has broken all my chains am I perfect? no but that's exactly what makes me even more at peace is knowing that I'm not perfect, but I have a perfect Savior who died on the cross for my sins, who has taken the penalty of death upon himself so that he can have a relationship with me. And now that I have been, I have given my life to Jesus and I am his servant, then I have nothing to worry about except to glorify his name daily, to exalt his name daily, to go to his word daily, and to just keep looking at him, and to keep worshiping him, and keep thanking him every day, and hold on to Jesus like your life depends on it, because your life does depend on it. Like, he's your only hope. This world is fake. This world is evil. Nothing's worth it. You could die in one second from now. Anything can happen. And then also, something that has been really tugging at my heart. If you already know the truth of Jesus Christ, and you know he lives, and you know that he saved you, then who are we to, to keep this information from other people? And I know it's difficult because I struggle to tell people about Jesus, not because I'm ashamed of him, but because I'm afraid to speak or I'm afraid that I might stutter. But I do know that that's when you need to pray and ask him for help because I did that earlier today at work during lunchtime and um, this girl ended up coming up to me um, at my work. I was cashing her out, and um, I invited her to church. I mean, I didn't tell her about Jesus, but I'm, like, asking Jesus to help me not to be fearful and to not, like, be afraid to tell people about him. And so I feel like that's a little step <laughs> to invite somebody to church and because um, they went to, they go to school right next to it, but... Anyways, um, yeah, um, my testimony is pretty heavy, so, but with that, God is gonna use my life for him, and he doesn't have, he doesn't have to use me, but the fact that he chose me and delivered me from my sin, delivered me from everything I was doing, and has forgiven me. I feel like he's right next to me right now. I feel, I feel the Holy Spirit more than I ever have. And, um, yeah. I uh, thank you for listening to me. Thanks for listening to my rant. Um, but I just, I guess I should share some type of scripture. <laughs> um, Let's see. Mm, I don't know. 
God, do you have a scripture for us today? Or something? Like, don't know. <laughs> we need to put something in here that's scripture. Oh, you know what? I know what I'm going to read. I'm typing <laughs> Psalms 1 1. I know it's just one verse, but it, I've been studying this with John Piper, like word for word, and it's just been really good. I really highly recommend it. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners, nor sits in the seat of scoffers. I'll read too as well. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. I'm not going to get into what all this means, but I will tell you that for me, I really need to delight in the law of the Lord, and I need to have, uh, meditate on his law day and night, because if I don't, I am more susceptible to the lies of the enemy and to temptation, and um, I was in the counsel of the wicked and I was sitting with the sinners and I was standing with the sinners and I was sitting with the scoffers and I was making my bed where I was I was not following Jesus at all during that time in my life but now I find freedom in the law of the Lord and it's not about following his commandments it's about following Jesus and um and meditating on his word every day and the law every day but like I really recommend looking up Psalms 1 1 John Piper and he'll give you the word for word it he has like three videos on two verses it's amazing so um but yeah so I'll pray Dear Lord Jesus, thank you so much for um, bringing me back to the flock, your body of believers. Jesus, thank you so much for dying on the cross for my sins and tearing that veil that separated um, humanity and God, our Father, and now we can have a relationship with him. Thank you, King Jesus, for protecting me and other people in those circumstances that could have been deathly. And um, I pray, Lord, that uh, whatever you have in mind with this podcast thing that I'm doing, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where this is going, Lord. And, but, um... I pray that you'll use Valiant Rose as a place for women who feel like they're dealing with the same thing or people from women from all different ages. Just a place where we could come together and learn together as obviously I don't know as much as I want to know about you, Lord, but where we could all come together as a body of believers, of women the valiant roses who are strong women and, and through you, Jesus Christ, who you're the one that will make us strong, Lord. And I pray that uh, I will only 
give my life to you, Lord Jesus. And we love you, Lord. And amen.